0: Thousand-year reign of Christ or Messiah, Christ is just the Greek, right? Has been a much debuted debate throughout the Christian world and even some of the Jewish world. And many have said that no, there is no thousand-year reign of Christ, that that it's just this. The Christians, a lot of them believe that this we've lived in that, or it's spiritual, but. God says it six times in seven verses, so I think it's real. I mean, if God repeats something six times in only seven verses, I think it's going to happen. I think it's a literal thing. It's not like it's a sign, like he didn't say it's like this, or I saw an image of this, which meant this. No, it just says thousand-year reign over and over and over and over in Revelation chapter 20. And we're going to look at that right now, you guys. Hey, Real excited about this. Welcome to my channel. This channel is all about using the whole counsel of God, the the Tanakh if you're in Israel, the Old Testament scriptures, the, the root that supports us, the foundation, which is that Old Testament and the New Testament. And really, it's one, one testament, right? And that's what we know because Jesus used all of the Old Testament, those ancient scriptures, the books of Moses, the prophets, And the Psalms, he used all of those to teach and to show where he was found in all of the scriptures. Like Joseph's story, like Abraham and Isaac going up that very mountain, the same mountain that Jesus went up. And Isaac's carrying the wood on his back. And he's with the father, and the father has the torch in his hand, which is a a picture of God's wrath. And then he was bound, and he was laid upon the wood at the top, but a lamb was there, a ram I should say. A sheep was there at the top of the mountain, and God provided for him. And that's what the name of that mountain became, God Will Provide. And God did provide. God the Son, Jesus, came as that perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice to pay for all of our sins, the true Messiah. But he doesn't come back as the lamb. He comes back as the lion, as the great king and the great warrior. And that's what we're seeing here in Revelation. So let's take a look at the scripture right now. Revelation chapter 20, we're looking at this thousand-year reign of Christ. Much debated topic. And we're going to look at it in the historical, grammatical, historical way that you're supposed to look at the Bible. Because some look at the Bible, most all the scriptures, in the grammatical, historical context, except the book of Revelation. Because they're the ones that don't believe there's a thousand-year reign. I still love these people they're my brothers and sisters but they're wrong <laughs> all right let's get into it guys let's get right into this scripture all right we use the whole counsel of god right just like paul said all of it revelation 20 then i saw an angel coming down from heaven holding the key of the abyss and the great chain a great chain in his hand and he took hold of that dragon the serpent of old who is the devil and satan so <laughs> did jesus have to come off his throne or did god the father have to come off his throne to grab satan and fight with him no way he just he just dispatches an angel okay go grab him go go bind him <laughs> god doesn't get off his his throne and here we're seeing that in this we're seeing in the scriptures that he grabs this serpent, this dragon of old, and he binds him. He's bound. And let's look at the scripture right now. And he was bound. He bound him for a thousand years. There's the first mention of this thousand years. This is why I believe it's a literal thing. It's the first mention, first of six in only seven verses. Let's keep going with it. Thousand years, six times. (laughs) There it is, six times in seven verses, guys. All right, and he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him. Now, I want to say that Daniel, the book of Daniel, remember the evil guys conspired together and, and had the great king make a, a uh, edict, a law, saying that they could not pray. Nobody could pray to anyone else except for uh, the king, right? So, So Daniel, this new law comes out, and he's like, I'm not obeying that he went like he always did his tradition opened up his windows and he prayed towards the East Jerusalem that's what they did right he prayed towards Jerusalem he prayed to God to Yahweh he prayed to him like he normally did And they they were like oh my gosh if it was like modern times they'd be taking pictures of it or video of Daniel doing that and then reporting it to the officials or to the king and the king was very sad about that he liked Daniel right but what does he do? He has to follow this, this law that came down. There's nothing he could do about it. So he puts Daniel in that den of hungry lions, vicious, hungry lions. And, he, and this was the law. He had to have Daniel go down into that pit, and a stone was rolled over it, and it was sealed. But in the morning, the king didn't sleep all night. The king rushes over, and he says, Daniel, did your, did your god... Protect you? Did he save you? And Daniel says, Long live the king. I'm okay. (laughs) God protected me. So many words. And the seal was broken. The the stone was rolled away. There's a picture of Jesus in this, right? The stone was rolled away and he was unharmed and he came back just like Jesus came back from death. He died on the cross, but he came back to life. And here Daniel is a picture of that in the Old Testament. And then what happens? Then those guys, those evil guys, were thrown down into that pit, and the stone was rolled in front of it and sealed again. And it says in the Bible, in the scriptures, that before they even hit the ground, the lions ate them up and and, dist- and broke all their bones. They were destroyed, and that's a picture of what's happening to Satan and all of his minions and. He's thrown into this abyss and there's a seal put over it by an angel. God has him do that. So let's look at that again. Let's look at the scripture. And he threw him, that is Satan, into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him. So it's like he goes into the trash can, right? This angel just throws Satan into the trash can and he's about to seal it over him. I know the picture's a little cheesy, but hey, this is what happens to Satan, all right? And he threw him into the abyss and he shut it and sealed it over him and like lock and key, right? He's, he's in this abyss and he can't get out so that he could he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years. there it is again, thousand years were completed. And after these things, he must be released for a short time. So after the thousand year reign, where we rule and reign with Jesus Christ or Yeshua Mashiach, if you're in Israel, the, the, the Messiah, right? After we rule and reign for him, with him for a thousand years on this new, this peaceful, awesome earth, that's that's nature's been waiting for him to come back. Well, then what happens? After that, God allows Satan to be released for a short time, and then he gets defeated permanently. And you're going to see that here in the scriptures. Watch this. So after these things, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them. Who's they? That could be you and me, my friend, if you're a believer and follower in Yeshua Mashiach or Jesus Christ. Same thing. Jesus Christ is just the Greek for Yeshua Mashiach, which is the Hebrew. And they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. What? Beheaded? What's that all about? Well, remember that this false Messiah and this false prophet. And I've we did an episode about, uh, you know, there's that Islamic eschatology and how it shows a picture. It was as if. Satan wanted them to play in the end times events the bad guys because they have this Mahdi who's their savior this false messiah who's they're waiting to come at the end of the age right and then there's also what they believe is the false prophet or, or they call him the prophet Jesus which I believe is the false prophet because in revelation it says that he appeared as a lamb but he spoke like a dragon who's the dragon Satan He appeared as a lamb, right? Who's the lamb? Jesus. So he appeared as Jesus. He spoke like Satan, and he's called a prophet in the book of Revelation. Well, Islam believes that he's coming, this Mahdi's coming first, riding in on a white horse. Come on, Revelation chapter 6. And then they believe that this Esau, the prophet Jesus, they call him, comes, and they work together to cause the whole world to follow jihad, right? To follow Islam, to convert or be beheaded. Well, here at Revelation chapter 20, it says, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. Here it is. So that would just tie in perfectly to how all these end times events happen in the book of Revelation. And as the time goes on, we're going to get more and more. We're going to understand it more and more. And when it happens, we're re- the people who are here are going to really understand it. But as time progresses, we get to understand it more and more. So really interesting stuff, guys. Okay, because of their testimony, this is why they were beheaded, because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image. So who are these people? These are the ones that are saved here at the, the very end. These are the ones who are brought back to life and God rewards them big time. And these who had not received the mark on their foreheads and on their hands. That was the mark of the beast, right? Remember? And they came to life and reigned, reigned, not just come to life, but they're reigning with Christ, with the Messiah. That's just Greek for Messiah for a thousand years. There it is, guys. A thousand years. We shall reign with him, you guys. If you're a follower and believer in Jesus Christ, we shall reign with him for a thousand years. It's going to be a beautiful earth, a beautiful restored planet. And it says that we reign with Christ for a thousand years in that scripture. And the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thou, there it is again, mentioned again in the scriptures, thousand years were completed. Who's the rest of them? The rest of them are those who did take the mark of the beast, those who did worship the beast, right? And those who were on Satan's side, willingly. They knew better. Remember, there was an angel who flew around the whole earth presenting the gospel of Jesus in every tribe, tongue, and language. Every ethnic group heard it. And then there was a warning from another angel not to take the mark of the beast or to worship his image. So there's no excuse. Some people say this is really cruel what God is doing, but God is basically, he's giving everyone exactly what they want. And I believe that that's how the end times play out. It's, it's one moment in time where God says, okay, enough. I'm going to give everyone exactly what they want. Those who want a world without the church and those who follow Jesus Christ, you want a world without that, I'm going to give that to you right now. I'm going to give you guys what you want. You're going to have a world for seven years. We're going to see how it plays out. Give you guys a world without Christians. I'm going to take them all at once with me. But God in his great mercy allows people to repent. In other words, change their mind and turn to him for forgiveness, for mercy and forgiveness. And that's what he does here. And that's what we're seeing here are these people that are saved during this time of great tribulation. So that's God's heart, right? So the rest did not come to life. These are the ones who are not going to have a good end until the thousand years were completed. And this is the first resurrection, speaking of those who are getting rewarded, right? This is the first resurrection. Jesus talked about that. This is the one that you want to be a part of. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection, the first resurrection. Uh, coming to life over these the second death has no power but they will be priests of god and of christ and will reign with him for there it is again a thousand years i think that is literal don't you i mean come on repeated like that over and over and over and it's not like god is saying it's like this like a parable or like a uh, allegory or it's allegorical. A lot of uh, Christian fathers from even the old days, even like the third century, believed it was allegorical. They over-spiritualized the scriptures, but many of them didn't. In fact, the early church did not. In fact, John, who wrote this and had the vision of it, didn't think of it that way either. So let's keep going, guys. Let's look further into this. So there's the restored, imagine it, the restored earth. Remember, the earth was covered with like the sea turned to blood. It was darkness. There was smoke. There was demons flying around. There was burned up trees and grass and dead fish and dead everything in the sea died. And people were dying. There was 100-pound hailstone. This was a thrashed earth. But God's going to come back. Jesus is going to come back and make it restored. I believe it will happen as soon as his feet touch the Mount of Olives, I believe that's when everything will be restored and beautiful again. But we're gonna see. We'll see someday, right? So then, and when the thousand years are completed, there it is mentioned again. Oh my gosh, the other time, right? I mean, I think it's literal, guys. <laughs> so when the thousand years were completed, are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations. He'll be given one last opportunity because I believe that the thousand year reign of Christ is going to be like the Garden of Eden again. And a lot of these people who were born into this time, this perfect, perfect time that's going to be on earth, hadn't had a chance to rebel against God. There's not going to be any Satan flying or demons to to cause people to uh, these people who survived the tribulation and re the earth. its not, There's nothing for them to, to cause them to sin again. Uh, temptation. I think there'll be sin, but there won't be this great temptation from Satan to rebel. Now, he's, God's going to allow them to make a choice. That's what God's all about. That's why there was the tree in the original garden. The garden was perfect. It was like this thousand-year rain time, right? Because in the Old Testament scriptures, it says that when a child Or when a hundred-year-old man dies, it'll be like a child dying. So there's a lot of evidence that we'll be living like almost a thousand years again, just like Adam's time. And I believe that's what's going to happen because it'll be a whole new environment, a whole new atmosphere. Our bodies won't age or, you know, ours won't for sure as Christians or the bride of Christ, we'll have our new bodies with Christ and we'll be reigning, ruling and reigning closely with him. But, and the ones that, changed their mind and repented during that tribulation period they will also have new bodies and will be ruling and reigning with christ as the scripture said but there will be a remnant there'll be those who did not take the mark of the beast or worship its image but they did not repent and follow jesus christ and they will survive the tribulation period and they will be the ones who repopulate the earth right and when you could live 900 years, I believe there's, there's guys that did the math on that. You can repopulate the earth dramatically. By the end of that thousand years, the earth would be like probably more than it is now, like close to like 7 billion or more people. And so God gives everyone a choice. That's why there was the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, because he wanted to give Adam and Eve a choice. They had a choice to rebel against him. Otherwise, it wouldn't be love. Like if, if you made someone program just to love you and never mess up or have no choice, that wouldn't really be love. To have true love, you have to have choice. And that's what God does. He never violates anyone's choice. And so he releases Satan at the end, I believe, to give people a choice. Is this who you want to follow or do you want to follow me? That's what I believe happens at the very end. And we can see that in the scripture, Satan will be released from his prison, his trash can, right? (laughs) That bottomless pit, that dark place of burning and torment, and will come out to deceive the nations one more time. And that's all he gets, you guys. And then it's over. And you're going to see that in the next episode, because we're going to do the rest of Revelation chapter 20. And you're going to see Satan destroyed forever and ever and ever. Him and the false prophet, the the false messiah, the beast, right? And the false prophet, they are destroyed together in the lake of fire where they burn forever and ever in torment. And those who followed them there. But God doesn't have a heart to hurt people. He has a heart to Save people and forgive people. He has a good heart. He's good. God is good. There's no evil in him. And if you haven't turned to Jesus Christ, you can turn to him right now, my friend. You could give your life to him this moment right now. This could be the greatest moment of your life where you're forgiven by God. Our greatest need as human beings is to be forgiven by God. Did you know that? And when you do that, there's a great relief there's this peace and this freedom that comes over you because you have been forgiven by god the creator because we're all sinners this bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god you might be saying well i'm a pretty good person no and god isn't great on a curve have you ever told a lie yes you have (laughs) that makes you a liar right have you ever looked at somebody with lust I'm sure you have if you're an adult, right? I mean, or a teenager. You have. Well, that's the same thing Jesus said as committing it in your heart. Have you ever hated somebody? You've been so angry. You were livid. You just hated somebody. Yeah, I think you have. And that's the same as murder, Jesus said. So we're liars. We're adulterers. We're murderers. We've taken God's name in vain. Have you ever said God when you were angry or or jesus christ i mean i hear that at work all the time and yeah i mean it's we've all done it we're sinners but god in his great mercy through jesus christ his son he sent his perfect son god the son came down from heaven he was born of the virgin mary and at 30 years old he started his ministry and he taught and he healed and he forgived and he just He showed that he was the true Messiah. He fulfilled all of those scriptures in the Old Testament, in the Tanakh. He fulfilled it. And then he went and he died on that cross. And he took on all of our sin. And he shed his blood, his precious blood, for you and for me to pay for that sin. And he died. But in three days, he was raised from the dead. And he defeated death. And this is so awesome because that means when you're a follower and believer in him, death is defeated for you too. So is sin. You will sin as a Christian here and there. You're going to sin still. You're, you're, you're not perfect yet. But all of that has been covered and paid for by Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of him, a believer in him. Would you like to do that? Would you like to become a child of God born again into God's kingdom as one of his children? You can do that right now my friend he's a prayer away. You will pray. You have to pray from your heart. You know only the Holy Spirit draws you in. You may be feeling the Holy Spirit drawing you in, knocking on the door of your heart right now. He may be gently knocking saying, "This is you." And if this is you, you can say this prayer right now. Would you like to do that? You're saying, "I want Jesus. I'm inviting him into my life, into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior." If this is you, you repeat this prayer right after me, okay? Here we go. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. I know that you died on the cross, Jesus, and I know that you shed your blood for me. I also know that in 3 days, I believe in 3 days, you were raised from the dead and you are alive today thank you for forgiving me thank you for loving me i choose to follow you as my lord and savior from this day forward i pray all this in jesus name amen amen you guys god loves you and this is the greatest moment of your life Feel free to comment down below because I would love to pray for you. And God bless you. Make sure you get plugged into a Bible-believing church or a fellowship. If you're in Israel, go to One for Israel. That's a great ministry. There's others too, but make sure you're getting good fellowship. You're reading the, the Bible, studying the Bible together. You're praying every day. Those are very important things to grow in your relationship with Yeshua Mashiach. Or Jesus Christ. All right. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you next time.